Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Inside the Archives. I'm your host, Marty Rosenbaum, XRT's digital content producer and all things social media. Before we get into today's podcast, just want to remind you that Inside the Archives is on iTunes. All you need to do to subscribe to the podcast is search the iTunes library for Inside the Archives. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and a review, and find a full catalog of episodes that we've released thus far. And I think the last one we did was number 20, so you got a lot of listening to do. Got a lot of sharing to do with your friends, but for those of you that have already done so, I thank you for the support. It's been great doing this so far, and couldn't be here at this point without you, so thank you for doing so. And if you enjoy the podcast, reminder, subscribe to us on iTunes or listen to us on Radio.com and the Radio.com app. Download it for free today at the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. A couple weeks ago, I polled XRT's Twitter and Facebook followers a pretty simple question. Tell me the first concert you attended that shaped your taste in music for years to come. Now, I didn't want to know what your first concert was because we all have great stories of what it was. Doesn't need to be embarrassing at all. My first concert that I went to was Van Halen in 2004, I believe, 2003 or 2004, at the United Center with Sammy Hagar. I was only 15 years old. I went with a buddy of mine. I was a freshman in high school, and by far, we were the youngest people there by at least 20 years, but it was great. Van Halen shredded. It was just an all-around fantastic rock show, but I wouldn't necessarily say that show influenced my taste in music for years to come. Because your first concert is always going to be a memorable experience, but it may not really help you evolve your musical taste or send you down that rabbit hole of wondering, hey, what other music is out there? It serves mostly as your first live music experience. But what I really wanted to know was, have you seen a band that has shaped your musical taste and thought, man, I cannot get enough of this sound. I want to find out more. I know that there's more out there and just sends you on a search to really figure out what music you like and what got you to this point where you're at today. We got tons of responses, so thank you for those of you that did respond to our Facebook poll or our Twitter poll as well. Reminder, if you haven't done so, you can follow me on Twitter at Marty Rosenbaum, and you can follow 93XRT on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 93XRT. I've been putting these types of polls out there for the past couple of months, did a previous podcast about your ultimate fantasy band asking you to name your lineup with a guitarist, bassist, drummer, keyboardist, and vocalist. If you had a dream music lineup, what it's like. So we got a bunch of fun polls that we're putting out there. So be sure to follow me on Twitter or XRT on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, because these are coming out there every so often. I think it's, 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 it's a fun little project that we've done. Anyway, back to the original question. The first concert you attended that shaped your taste in music for years to come. What I did with this was put every single response we got into an Excel spreadsheet, and we got over 500 responses, so it was a little bit time-consuming, but you know what? If I can spend some time thinking about stuff like this, it's 
it's I think it's pretty good pretty good use of time. It's, it's it's more fun than any alternatives. But I put all of the answers into an Excel spreadsheet and then filtered out all of the unique responses and from there counted the frequency of responses to see which bands appeared the most often. And it was really interesting results that our followers gave us. Um, a wide variety of years and bands were represented, all different types of venues too. So one of the first things that stuck out to me was it's not really these large shows at arenas that people are drawn to and that shape their taste in music, nor is it really small club shows. It's really a smattering of everything. I know we had a lot of people respond with the Super Bowl of Rock in 1977 at Soldier Field that played a major part in shaping their musical tastes. But we also got responses from people seeing shows at venues like Metro, uh, Empty Bottle, Cubby Bear, small music venues that have played such an iconic role in the Chicago music scene. So for me, just to give you an idea of what I was looking for with the survey, two concerts, in my mind, stand out that shaped my taste in music. The first concert for me, unfortunately not Van Halen, as great as that was, I kind of petered out of that phase following that. But the first concert that stood out was Daft Punk at Lollapalooza in 2007. I'd never really listened to their music before, didn't really know what to expect, but they were the headliner that night and was just curious to see what what it was, what what all the fuss was about, why they're headlining Lollapalooza. I was blown away. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen or heard before. The sound was this fusion of electronic, rock, funk, and so many other sounds I didn't think were possible to fuse together. You combine that with the jaw-dropping visual presentation that they had, a giant pyramid with all these different LED lights that were synced to the music, and it, it really changed the way I thought about music and how it can be presented to an audience. It then sent me down this rabbit hole looking for artists that mimicked a lot of those sounds, not just the electronic music that is so prominent in Daft Punk's uh, catalog, but also old funk, soul, uh, rock and roll that just has this energy behind it, and I was I was hooked from there. The second show was Fish in 2009 at Alpine Valley, and those of you that have listened to the podcast, I have not hid my love of Fish at all, so it may come as a bit of a surprise, but prior to 2009, I was not into improvisational music or jam band music. It was it was something I knew was there and heard a little bit of, but never really had an itch that needed to be scratched from that genre. But a lot of my friends were into Fish and said, listen, everyone needs to see Fish at least once. It is one of the best live shows you will ever see, and it's really hard to not have a fun time at a Fish concert. I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll go to the show, see what happens, went into it with an open mind. And just like Daft Punk, I, I was hooked from the get-go. and it opened my mind to the to the endless possibilities that improvisational music provides and really gave me a new perspective on listening to that music once I saw it in person. And I'm not going to turn this into a fish podcast, although I'd be more than happy to do so if there's enough positive feedback. But I've, I've seen the band pretty much every year since 2009, never miss a chance to see them when they come into town. And, you know, like a lot of a lot of the responses we saw on Facebook and Twitter, it just it just it gets you hooked and trying to find other music that's like that and having those improvisational qualities wherever it may come from. So for me, those are the two concerts that stand out in my mind. And I was aiming to find out what those concerts were in your mind shows that had a similar effect on you where the music you listen to today is correlated with that concert. 
So without further ado, let's take a look into the results of the poll. The overwhelming top choice of this poll was the Grateful Dead. They had a response rate that was 61% higher than the second place response. And the interesting part about the Dead was the timing of the shows that people saw. It was not condensed into a certain period, like everyone was seeing them between 91 and 95. Uh, but we got responses all the way back in the 19, early 1970s, people seeing them, and all different types of venues as well. I mean, Soldier Field, uh, Deer Creek, I think, was listed in there, Alpine Valley, etc. So the Grateful Dead were the top choice. Coming in second place was U2, and then third place was a tie between The Who and the Rolling Stones. We had a two-way tie in fourth place with Bruce Springsteen and Rush, and then a four-way tie for fifth place with The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Elton John, and Cheap Trick. And then in sixth place, just missing the cut of the top five, were Fish and Chicago. So I got really jealous when looking at these responses. I mean, we got people who are seeing artists like The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, David Bowie, Jimi Hendrix. I mean, all these, all these great artists that unfortunately never got the chance to see uh, when they were in their primes back in the day. So there's that jealousy factor. But what the study really shows me is a couple of things. Number one, the impact of the Grateful Dead can't be understated. They've been revered as one of the top live acts for over 50 years into their existence and have seen many offshoots of the Grateful Dead continue on since Jerry Garcia's passing. But what that shows me is that they have played such an incredible role in shaping people's musical tastes as a live act. More importantly, though, the most identifiable names in rock are the ones that are more likely to shape people's tastes in music. I want you to think of it this way. Take an athlete like Tiger Woods. When people think of golf, Tiger Woods is one of the first names that comes to mind, and it's more likely to get people to tune in and watch the sport just due to his name recognition. If you get hooked by the sport while watching it, it opens you up to all these other golfers that are currently playing in the sport, what their styles of golf are, their personalities are, etc. And it then sends you down this rabbit hole as well, uh, finding about the history of the sport to learn more and more about it and how it evolved to where it is today. That's where you get your favorites from. In music, it's the exact same thing. Artists like The Dead or U2 are conduits for shaping musical tastes, you discover other artists through these artists. It's not to say seeing a small, intimate show at a club can't have a profound effect on your musical taste. It just seems like it's more likely to happen with a recognizable band. And those artists like The Dead, U2, The Who, The Rolling Stones really are at the upper echelon of recognizable names. And it filters down into all this other great music that not only helps shape who these artists are, but that we're also influenced by these artists. And it's a beautiful effect that takes place that is why we all love music. It's, an, it's a never-ending quest to find something that you enjoy. Those were the main results from my findings. Like I said, we had over 500 responses. I think there were over 225 unique responses in there, all different types of bands that were represented. So if you want a full list, just feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, at Marty Rosenbaum, and I'd be happy to provide you with some more responses or just go back to XRT's Facebook page and if you search the question that I asked, which was, tell me the first concert you attended that shaped your taste in music for years to come. If you can find that post, just filter through the responses because we got generated some great conversation on there. And I think it was, it was a lot of fun, too, for me personally, just seeing the concerts that you all attended, the shows that were there. And I kind of lived vicariously through that because 
I grew up in a time where some of the artists like the Beatles, you know, Jimi Hendrix weren't around to tour. So it was cool to see the impact that those artists had because of how revered they are today. While we're on the subject of live music, I want to point you to two blog posts that I've written over the past couple of months that discuss the benefit of live music. The first one was talking about the health effects that live music has on an individual. And I cannot state this enough. Live music is good for you. By experiencing just 20 minutes of live music, your well-being can increase by 21%. Research from O2 shows that there's a direct link between high levels of well-being and an increase in lifespan of nine years. So how often do you need to attend a show in order to start feeling the effects of live music? Once every two weeks. That's, that's nothing. In a, city of, in a city like Chicago where there's live music going on nightly, you got, you got to find a show that you like somewhere, regardless of if it's a large arena show or just at your corner coffee shop at an open mic night. Uh, it has great effects on you. Concerts also reduce levels of stress. It can also get you fit as well. The study showed that between walking to, to and from the venue, dancing at the concert, if you're doing that, it's the equivalent of getting 30 minutes of exercise while running. So I think that, that's a lot more fun than running, if, if I had to say so myself, and I'd imagine you'd agree. Additionally, the other study that I referenced was from Live Nation a few years ago that found out that live music opens the mind to new ideas. You're more likely to listen to something new, uh, maybe a new sound, a different type of music that you previously weren't exposed to. The effect it has, and if it's a long-standing effect, it, it may not be there, but you're consuming it. And this goes back to the additional point that I brought up earlier on in the podcast is that artists that were mentioned beforehand are going to have that similar effect as well. So what does this tell us? Just go, go to a show, go to a concert. It's good for you. It's encouraged. It's why we all love doing so. Well, thank you for listening to Inside the Archives. As I mentioned beforehand, we are on iTunes, so subscribe to the podcast by searching for Inside the Archives in the iTunes library. Leave us a rating and a review and find a full list of every single podcast we've released thus far that you can share with your friends. Now, a housekeeping note before we wrap things up is that the Lollapalooza lineup should be coming out fairly soon. I haven't seen an exact date on when that will be, but as I'm recording this podcast on March 1st, March is usually the month when we find out who will be playing Lollapalooza. Because of that, you can expect to hear a Lollapalooza preview podcast. We did that last year and got great response from people. I recorded it with Marty Leonard's the day that the lineup dropped and revealed to him the lineup live on the podcast. thought that was a great concept, and I think we'll, we'll do something similar this year. Probably line Marty up as a guest. He doesn't know yet, so Marty, if you're listening, start preparing. But we'll... We'll line Marty up as the guest and have a discussion about the Lollapalooza 2019 lineup, who the big names are, some undercard acts that you'll definitely want to check out, and just an overall analysis of the festival as we get excited for it to hit Grant Park once again this summer. Thank you all for listening to today's podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Marty Rosenbaum and follow 93XRT on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 93XRT. For 93XRT and Inside the Archives, I'm Marty Rosenbaum. We 
really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t